0: That's 888 898 2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk.
1: And good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Big Thursday night coming to you from the Dave and Buster studios here in downtown Columbia. Phil Cormplute and Pat Daniel. We are together tonight. Chris Bergen's off doing Coastal Carolina. Basketball. Speaking of basketball, USC women, top-ranked team in the country, at home tonight to take on Auburn. We met with Lamont Paris today. After we talked last night about not having a whole bunch of access, they set up a post-practice media session with him about an hour and a half ago, and he's he's quite a good talker, and um, yeah, he's completely different from Frank Martin in terms of how he deals with the media and what he says and how he delivers and it's obvious he knows his hoops if he can get some players at South Carolina I think he'll win some ball games and and be successful they got a tough one coming up on Saturday afternoon against Tennessee they got Tennessee and Kentucky back to back Kentucky on the road on Tuesday and Kentucky they have struggled some this year but they won their SEC opener Uh, Tennessee won their SEC opener by over 30 against Mississippi State of course the Gamecocks Dropped theirs to uh, Vanderbilt in overtime, a game they, they could have won. They had a lead late, but uh, couldn't hang on. Lost it in overtime. Uh, so we'll have that for you. And, of course, last night, Clemson. Wow. Tigers uh, now 4-0 and in the ACC. Got to go back to 95-96 to find the last time the Tigers started 4-0 in ACC play. And last night they went to Virginia Tech against a a good Virginia Tech team was missing one of its top players, but still it's a good team playing at home. I believe they had a nine game home court winning streak going. The Hokies, that is. And and Clemson, um, they played they played pretty good basketball. They they deed them up. They held Virginia Tech to twenty seven percent shooting in the second half. Only nine field goals for Virginia Tech in the second half and and Clemson shot the ball, they got off to a real hot start and then from the foul line when they had to they made their free throws. Just a good solid road win for Clemson, the Tigers sitting there 4-0 in the ACC. Now they go to Pittsburgh. If you had if you had Clemson and Pitt at the top of the ACC standings four games in, both at 4-0, if you had that on FanDuel or MGM or whatever is your or bet online or whatever is your favorite uh, betting outlet, you've probably won a bunch of money if you cashed it in. I know I didn't see it coming. Pat, I doubt you saw it coming. I doubt anybody saw that coming. So kudos to Clemson. And they're playing a man short with Alex Hemingway dealing with plantar fasciitis. And he is out uh, really indefinitely. Brad Brownell said last night they tried to get him to do some things. He did a little bit of stuff, but still not ready to go yet. So that's a... Terrific outside shooter that they're missing. We're going to hear from Brownell tonight. We're going to hear from Paris tonight. Going to take your phone calls as well. And that phone number, you should know. As a matter of fact, I had lunch today with the person for whom that phone number is named. If you can name a phone number after a person. I had lunch with Dr. Rick Sanford today, and he's doing extremely well. And so our phone number, 888-898-2525, for those of you who might be new to the show, the 2525 honors the jersey number of one Rick Sanford, as he was number 25 on your roster, but number one in your heart. So I had a good time with him. And we'll take your phone calls, 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number. A lot of things to talk about. Uh, beginning with news, and update out of Cincinnati where DeMar Hamlin continues to improve. Even his doctors now are going public and saying he is improving. Still critical. I mean, they don't want to get the proverbial uh, cart before the horse here. Don't want to say anything out of school. Doctors are normally cautious when they talk publicly about the health of a patient, but they, they seem to be feeling very, very good about the way Everything is moving in this particular case, so that is good news. Uh, the Bills went back to practice today for the first time, so that is good news, and we're going to have NFL football this weekend, so that is certainly uh, good news. So um, that is a, a a bright spot, a bright spot for this week after it started off as a as a dismal week. Then, as far as things happening here in South Carolina, you've had three Clemson players announced today. They are returning to Clemson for the 2023 season, all on the defensive side. Remember that Dabo Sweeney had hinted that he had some players who were going to be coming back. Of course, uh, K.J. Henry and uh, Miles Murphy were two who have opted to uh, depart and go ahead and try and get into the draft Uh, in Murphy's case. I mean, he's going to be a first-rounder. Not so sure about Henry. But the three Tigers announcing that they're coming back. Jalen Phillips, safety corner Sheridan Jones, and defensive end Xavier Thomas. Now, this has got to be at least the third time that Thomas has announced he's coming back, right? <laughs> I can remember like several times he's announced that he's coming back to Clemson. And so, of course, he's had a an injury-ridden uh, career at Clemson to this point. He really has not you – know, well, first he was playing behind some very talented players when he got to Clemson, even though he was highly regarded – And then he's had to deal with the physical injuries. He's had to deal with some, um, some health stuff uh, going back to the COVID and uh, he's just had a variety of stuff. That's uh, I guess uh, prevented him from um, playing uh, at at his full maximum. So now he'll get his chance because the Tigers have certainly thinned down at defensive end and Xavier Thomas will get his chance to shine uh, at one of the defensive end positions. I imagine that, um, Maskell will be the other defensive end. You'd ride him in as a starter on the other side. And those aren't two bad defensive ends. They may have to carry more of the water, and that might not be a bad thing. You know, instead of having a defensive ends getting 20, 25 snaps, I mean, maybe you work these guys a little bit more, and they like it. They like getting 45, 50 snaps a game and getting a chance to make more tackles and more sacks. So that's good news on the Clemson defense. Now, some bad news on the South Carolina defense, and that is that Jordan Burch has entered the transfer portal, John. Actually, credit to J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur, who told his readers uh, sometime yesterday that he was told that Birch would not be coming back, and then today the folks who monitor the, the portal, John, I saw his name in there and put it out that he was in the portal, John. So, you know, Jordan Birch uh, moving on to somewhere else. And I know this is frustrating. Has to be frustrating for the Gamecock fan who just wonders why. Why? Why are you leaving? You know, you got one more year that you could come and, and be eligible and play for your hometown team. You really haven't been. The great player that people projected you to be, whether that's uh, on them for being wrong or you for not doing enough, you know, you can draw your own conclusion. He had a good year this year, not a great year. Started to come on a little bit. Uh, Did post his best numbers of his career, about 60 tackles. And he had some sacks and and got some pressure on the quarterback. Uh, At time, flashed his, uh, his talent, which he does have. But, you know, if you're South Carolina, it's like uh, this guy, if you're Jordan Birch and you're in the SEC and you're at South Carolina and you're playing at home, and you just help the team get to a nice bowl game and show improvement. And, look, I'm not in the heads of these people. None of us are. Who knows what drives them, why some leave, why some stay. It's an individual situation. Is there tampering involved? Does he have somebody in his ear saying you can go out here and make a whole bunch of money through NIL? Did South Carolina not pony up enough NIL? What is enough? This goes back to the greed aspect of the whole NIL process that college sports is now dealing with now. How much is enough for a player? You, you lay $200,000 at his feet through NIL opportunities, and he says that's not enough. I can go over here and make 500000 well, what are you going to do? You're going to come back with another 300000 Does it become a bidding war? I mean, where is you? you're now a general manager instead of a football coach. Where do you cut it off? Where do you say, okay, that's our top offer? I mean, truly. And is that the case here? You know, I, I can't think of any other, just as an outsider, I can't think of any other reason why a kid would leave his hometown school And, uh, as a starter, as a chance to be a star next year, truly, he has a chance to be a star next year in the sec. Now, maybe he's going to transfer to another sec school, you know, who knows? Um, maybe he's going to transfer to the big 10. Maybe he's going to transfer to the PAC 12, uh, maybe independent. Maybe he's going to transfer to Navy or to, uh, Notre Dame. I mean, who knows? But my point is, um, It's a hard thing to understand, i got to believe, if you're just that rank-and-file Gamecock fan. He's like, you know, what the heck? What do we have to do in this particular case? You know, what do you have to do with Marshawn Lloyd, who still hasn't found a place to go yet? Um, What do you have to do with some of these guys to to keep them happy and, and to keep them in the nest, you know? And how much money do you have to pump out if that's what it is, if that's what it takes, you know? Or maybe he just didn't like it. Maybe he just didn't like it after three years. Maybe he wants to experience a change of scenery. Who knows? I tend to lean towards my first my first uh, thought versus my second thought there. But anyway, we'll find out eventually what the deal is on that. But that's um, that's a loss for South Carolina. They've lost three defensive ends now. When you throw him in there and Gilbert Edmond and uh, Hot Rod Fitton, I don't think Hot Rod was a huge loss, and Gilbert Edmund had improved and had given him something. Florida State certainly thinks if he ends up there, based on uh, their media boys, that uh, he's a primary target for Florida State in their transfer recruiting efforts. It'd be funny if he ends up at Florida State and he plays against Clemson again um, after playing against him for the Gamecocks. Of course, you had Jamie Robinson at Florida State uh, playing at Clemson after playing against him as a as a Game Cock and you had Jaston time play against Clemson as a left offensive tackle after playing against him as a Gamecock.
2: So- Oregon seems like another name to throw out there as well. Keep in mind, uh, Oregon head coach Dan Lanning was one of the lead recruiters at Georgia when he was defensive coordinator there, and they were also one of the favorites. It came down to what, uh, Georgia, South Carolina, LSU, and a couple others for Jordan Birch's services. Mm-hmm. Got to think, that would certainly give him a change of pace, and they have all that Phil Knight money out there too.
1: Yeah, you know, people seem to think when it comes to NIL that everybody is rushing out to Oregon like they're the um, the fountain of money. You know, just go to Oregon, and they'll take care of you with their NIL money because they've got Nike. If that were the case, and that's a good place to go, and I don't disagree with you, you would think Maryland, with their Under Armour support from their from the owner of Under Armour, who's a Terp grad and a big fan, you know, you'd think people would be, uh, you know, carving a path up to uh, – college
2: park oregon actually wins the that's the difference
1: yeah well they did win maryland did win the uh, duke's mayo bowl they did that's very Mm -hmm. true and then loxley come on man have some guts i mean how much preparation did he do for the mayo bath right didn't he put on like a special shirt or something i saw him taking off his top and i think he was putting on and that big old goofy looking hat that these coaches are now wearing have you seen those things what are those things called? that was smart is yeah, there a name
2: he, for those things he wore that big hat and then i think he got guilted into taking it off because then he took it off and got kind of doused just like uh coach beamer a year ago
1: is there a name for that hat besides goofy looking big hat i mean i've seen beamer wear it uh in in some of the recruiting uh, pictures he's he's taken It's just you know, i don't know i don't know what the what the uh, appeal of it is or what the purpose of it is, other than to draw attention to yourself, which is what you're doing in recruiting anyway.
2: It's called the Noggin Boss. It's uh, based in Phoenix, and apparently it exploded on the scene <laughs> after an NFL player wore one in a post-game interview. Okay. But that's about that's all The Noggin Boss. The Noggin Boss. Okay.
1: I like it. I like it. All right. Phone number, 888-898-2525. We'll hit the break and get into some phone calls. The uh, – South Carolina Education Lottery, a lucky number, 888 And since 2002, more than $4.2 billion in lottery proceeds have been used to fund scholarships and grants for South Carolina students. Learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins. And playing for fun is a win for education. We'll be right back.
3: Hope, Life, and the Great Palmetto. What do these things have in common? Scholarship dollars. The SC Hope, the Life, and the Palmetto Fellow Scholarships are funded by the lottery players of this great state. And after 20 years, you've invested over $7 billion in education. $7 billion. Impressive. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win.
1: Chris Beard fired today as the basketball coach at Texas after having a, an issue with the wife or girlfriend, um, had assault charges against him. I know she kind of stepped in there and tried to, his, his fiance charges of assaulting his fiance, going back a few weeks, uh, allegedly strangling and biting her. Mm, not good stuff at all. Uh, fired for cause. According to CBS Sports, as such, he will not be entitled to any salary or buyout money. He had a seven-year, $35 million contract. Mm. So he's out of a job in Texas, a very uh, lucrative and um, very much uh, desired uh, basketball coaching job uh, is now open. And we'll see what happens with that moving forward. And let's see what else that we have. We told you about what was happening there with Cincinnati and um, the young man there. Everything seems to be doing well. Also, a story out uh, this afternoon. This is from Dennis Dodd of CBSSports.com. And that is that in talking about the college football playoff expansion, The working group had considered as many as 16 teams. Two years from the debut of the 12-team playoff in the wake of the best CFP semifinals to date, there are those who want to see it go to 16, including Sonny Dykes. So maybe they aren't set on 12. If so, maybe not for long. But don't get caught up in what happened last Saturday. I mean, last Saturday was fantastic. Two great games, two exciting games, held everybody's attention to the very end. And thank goodness they they did. But that's not a guarantee of future success in the semifinals. In fact, history will tell you that seldom do you get two really good games in the semifinals. So, once again, leadership being influenced by some things that might lead them down that wrong road What makes you think you're going to have a bunch of games that are going to be really tight and exciting when you expand to 12 teams? If you go to 16 teams, what what makes you think? You know, I mean, as maybe in that opening round because the team should be pretty well balanced. But when you have that next round and you've had a team sitting out, uh, and they are they are one of the top four teams, and you're from one of the you're a lower seeded team and you've just come off a game, No telling what your injury situation is going to be. I mean, chances are there are going to be blowouts in that middle round, I would, I would think. A lot of blowouts. Um, just because of the effect, the attrition effect, uh, going through a, a football tournament. I mean, I think about NFL, and yeah, we do see teams that have to come up through the wild card round and play on the road. Uh, have some success in the NFL playoffs. I mean, there's been a number of Super Bowl winners who were wild-card entries and had to play every week. I don't know, can you compare the NFL talent with the college talent, though? An NFL guy goes down, yeah, you replace him with a lesser player, but, I mean, the drop-off probably not as great there as it is in college when you replace a starter with a backup, you know? Just thinking out loud there. All right, phone number, triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. Uh, got some lines open. We'll hear from the basketball coaches tonight. We go to, um, Gamecock Larry first up with us tonight here on sports talk. Hello, Gamecock Larry. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm gonna
4: have to talk a little slow to make sure I get my, get it straight. Uh, I got my research committee. Got on that when We were first heard going through yesterday. But uh, Jordan Birch, he's in the transfer portal. It's, we didn't believe he was going to go, but you know what? When well, Oregon came down and offers him a million dollars for one year, now this is a I mean, I don't, I don't blame the young man one bit. I wish him all the
1: best. Are you his accountant? Uh,
4: Sir, I uh, got my transfer. Report. No, I was a counter, but I don't blame the young man one bit. But I mean, you think Go he got ahead. a
1: million dollar offer from somebody? He got he got one
4: million dollar offer. And I got my tran. I got my tra- I got my sources. Uh, I got my uh, research committee, <laughs> research committee, headed by a medical doctor well known at the va dr macon well known now now the first thing a, he, in,
1: now gamecock Larry the first thing in reporting is you don't reveal your sources well okay i'm sorry i don't I, I'm, a,
4: I'm an old man so i don't mind okay you we're know, right. talk about go ahead you talking about your credit credit Credibility? You you buy you buy, it, you buy money from somebody and they say your credit you go look your credit score or something. Yep. I eighty eight years. old. Well, I don't need no credit. There you but go. Now you know, okay, uh okay. Uh, he got a million dollar offer to go play. He got one year left, and I guess that one year of uh, uh, COVID, but he won't stay that year. No, well, who offered him? Who
1: offered him a million dollars?
4: Well, Oregon—that's where he is going. You watch and see. I guarantee you, that's where he's going. Okay. Henning, the coach of Oregon, was—they was—he the—he was, uh, was one that recruited Bert Hard for Georgia when he was a Georgia coach down there. He got. It. He offered him a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Now I, I, he was. He was. We, he was good. He was good. But what has he done? Really, he's not a really big big star Four and a half sacks in three years. That ain't. That ain't worth a million dollars. Just like Marshawn Lloyd, a thousand yards in two years. They worth a couple of million dollars and four more shots still sitting out there. Just got bailed down there in Florida State. Got a NIO money. He had one gave game. He hit in the into the uh, man, Deuce Man o, bowl. I mean, so but I wish them all the well, I wish them all better. But remember is who well, I heard one of the guys there on the game cast said, Who we got is all we need. That's all we need. Who we got is all we
1: need. You got that right.
4: And also, all these transfers, I think they were recruited by a man named Muschamp. So I ain't worried about Beamer. Beamer's going to be okay. Gamecock's going to be okay. I just hope I'm around to see it. We're
1: going to be in the final four in 2024. All right. All right. That's about all I got we, to say. Thank you. Thank you, Gamecock Larry, who we now will call Deep Throat because of his uh, inside sources there at the, the VA. Got a doctor. Got a doctor with knowledge. A million Do, do you believe that? You believe somebody would pay Jordan Birch a million dollars for a year? We'll be back all right welcome back everybody sports talk here on the sports talk media network phil kornblut and pat daniel at your service tonight we come to you from the dave and busters studios Right here in downtown Columbia, remember to eat, drink, play, catch all the big games all season long. Dave & Buster's, Greenville, Columbia, Myrtle Beach. We'll have some recruiting for you coming up in a little bit. Been some action there. Gamecocks have sent out some offers, including a transfer-wide receiver. Transfer-wide receiver from Michigan. Kind of a part-time player there, but uh, you wonder what that means. Does that mean anything? Are they just looking to fill another receiver spot? Does this mean Antoine Wells has told them something? What does it mean when they do something like that? Hmm. Probably just looking to add another quality receiver, somebody who they think is a, a quality receiver. Uh, and um, we'll also have um, an update on some other uh, players we're following in the recruiting world, including Cam Pringle, who has cut his list down from 10 to 6. Tell you a little bit more about that if you don't already know. If you don't know, we're going to keep you in suspense for a little while. That's the fun of it. 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number here on Sports Talk. Hank in Columbia, you are up next, sir. We thank you for making Sports Talk your choice listening at this moment. Okay. Um, hey, come on, how's it going? You know, Hank. You know, Hank. I oh, ran across porn. I ran across your Twitter page the other day. You, you don't. Look, anything like you sound.
4: <laughs> I don't know how, how, how you're supposed well, I to know
1: I, how you sound. I, I you, you I looked I, I, I thought you would be older, uh professorial well, I'm 50, looking. I'm
5: 53 going. I I'm not a uh, spring well, chicken. Well, that can't be your
1: that can't be your picture that on the uh I,
5: Look, you stay, you stay in the gym and work out don't drink all night. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well,
5: anyway, how you are you? You look good at 53. There I'm you doing go. fine. Yep, yep. But, Corn, I, I don't know how, um, you know, I, I kind of disagree in terms of whether that second round game in these playoffs would be pretty good because you think about it, Corn. Mm-hmm. I mean, we like to say that there's a separation between teams, but. If you looked at it this year, and you looked at LSU and Alabama, and Southern, even Southern Cal and Utah, and some of those teams on New Year's Day, and even with the with the top four, you put them in games with them, I think those would be some knockdown dragouts.
1: <laughs> well, then why don't we have knockdown dragouts in most of the semifinals we've had over the years of the CFP? I,
5: I think I think it's because it's been so. Um, Small that you just had those issues, but you think you think about it, corn. Mm-hmm. You look you you saw Alabama lost twice on last minute one last minute kick and in a, in a two point conversion. <laughs> I don't think anybody wanted to see them in that four spot. I know Georgia didn't. No, no, they didn't for sure. <laughs> and in L, and in LSU, who played Georgia in that 5 environment, they didn't look good against Georgia. But you imagine them playing in Michigan or someone. I I think uh, in many of these years, when they've argued about that, those teams five through ten or five through nine, you get it in the playoff, and everybody's strapping it up. (laughs) Those could be some good games.
1: Well, now I hear you. Let me ask you another question. You being the Gamecock supporter that you are, what's your reaction to Jordan Birch transferring out?
5: You know, I'm, I'm almost um, immune to it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when mm-hmm. you, when you hear the rumor first, you say, well, it's going to happen. I think of the, I'm like Beamer's uh, uh, injury report. When you hear the rumor first, I, I lean though he's going, and then if, it, if something doesn't happen, then I'm all right with it. But, uh, you know, you hate it because I, I think the kid uh, – the one thing I hate for the kid is if he goes out and he doesn't perform well, you sever a lot of ties when you're a hometown guy that could help you later in life or – for business beyond football. And um, I, I think that's going that, to be the issue. For some of these kids, you go out, you don't have this great year, but then you sever a lot of times you build up. You imagine Decarion Joyner could get a job anywhere in Columbia the state when he finishes.
1: Well, I think you're <laughs> right because exactly I think start. there's a lot of employers out there when Dakarian Joyner sits down in front of them with his resume and they look at, first of all, how he is as a person. And secondly, especially if you own a business, you're a USC grad, you look out for other grads, you see what he did, the loyalty that he showed to the school, et cetera, you doggone right that weighs in his favor when it comes to getting a job. And, yeah, that's a very smart move on his part because it's, Yeah. So, I mean, is he going to have an NFL career one day? You know, no, yeah. maybe, maybe no, not, probably but it's, not. A, it's a roll of the dice. It's maybe less than 50-50. He realizes that.
5: Yeah, and, you know, he's made a lot of money. Being loyal, because that's why, you know, it's not like he's been the superstar as far as the NIL, but he's been loyal, so he's gotten a lot of NIL. And, you know, they did a story on him the other day where he bought his first house through NIL money, but it was just from, you know, sticking with it and being with the team. So I, I think with, uh, you know, that's the only thing you hope for burst that he has some success where he goes. Um, but, I uh, you know, given the production, like somebody said earlier today, given the production, the three-and-a-half sacks, and what he's done, um, Carolina may be able to replace that in the portal if they find the right person.
1: Or they might have the right person already there. I mean, I think of Brian Thomas Jr., who played some form this year, I think he, he, flashed, some, dark. he flashed some, yeah. he <laughs> flashed some uh, talent. Uh, Jordan Strong, if he gets his waiver year, that will help. Certainly, he can come back. I don't see why he wouldn't get a, a waiver. The NCAA hands out waivers like – you know the Girl Scouts hand out cookies, so I don't yeah. see why he wouldn't get one. So yeah. um, they might not be all that bad off, though. You hate to lose a player who gives you, you know, some talent and gives you some depth and can be a uh, and can be a good player. He, look, he got you know better each year. He got better yeah, each year. We, he was not. You know let, me, let, let me let me just say something quickly. Uh-huh. He he was not a five star whatever five star level happens to be. He was not. He was a good player. Uh-huh. He was a good player who dominated uh, weaker athletes. He he dominated (laughs) weaker athletes in a private school league, which is okay. But he was not that talent. But he's a good player Mm -hmm. who, with coaching, has gotten better each year. And he obviously has natural skills. He has speed. The one thing he has that you can't coach is the ability to run. So, yeah, he would have been a a good, useful player at South Carolina. Is he going to go somewhere as – and make a million dollars? Have you heard that? You heard our uh, my inside report from uh, Gamecock Larry, who got it from a doctor at the VA, which you can't beat that. Um, well, I heard I heard
5: he was floated uh, him or the mother was floated a big nil deal yeah. out of Oregon.
1: That's what I heard. But you know, I mean, if you're reading this on message boards and stuff, and I don't know where you where you're seeing it, I'm not you know I'm not saying well, it, that's where it you got. It was kind of
5: indicated, but it was indicated a little bit from um, J.C.'s site. Yeah, but my
1: point is a lot of that stuff is sour grapes. Yeah, he's leaving because he's getting a million dollars. Oh, really? Somebody's going to pay him a million dollars? I mean, what are you going to pay for a real ball player? Two million? Is there any limit? What's the standard? What's the standard out there for paying these guys?
5: I don't know. I'll tell you something that Perry Orr said this morning. He said that a lot of these kids are getting hit with the bait and switch where – the school gets somebody that floats out and says, oh, I may get you a million in NIL or, or 500,000 in NIL. And it says the player gets out hits the school, and then when they talk to the coach, the coach says, well, you know, I'm not involved with NIL, so I don't have anything to do with it. We'll see how you play. But then they've already left there. Well, that's just stupid. Then, the that,
1: then you're just stupid, and you deserve to get nothing. I mean, you're going you to tell me Marshawn, you're going Mar- to leave a sure thing <laughs> I mean, you're going to leave a sure thing for a wish, and nothing written in paper. Nothing written on paper. What, no? can't, what,
5: what can they, what can they give him really in paper for the NIL
1: supposed to be something that you you get when you get
5: there. Right. And you got to think about it. I understand that. Would Marshawn had but- left, my had left, if he'd known it was almost three, or four weeks later, and he still didn't have a home.
1: Yeah, would you think somebody reneged on him?
5: Yeah, I heard that there were back sources trying to tell, I guess, his people that. He can go up there and get a lot of NIL money from Maryland, but then when he finally talked to the Maryland coaches, the Maryland coaches said they were happy with their running back room.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I mean, so who's who's being dumb here? The 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 the, well, the, kids, the, the player, the, the player the who's, who the. But these players are old enough now. These are young men. These are They're men. Getting to the mamas, they get into the mama. Remember when Corey Miller
5: said he went to school because he get out. He knew he couldn't get there any other way but to play football. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're taking advantage of some of these family members. they're, they're greedy
1: now. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? I guess South Carolina better up its game. Yeah. You, you people need <laughs> to knows? kick in. You, you need to dig dig, dig deeper, Hank. You got to come up with a. <laughs> a you're not paying hey, enough. You got to go deeper. Get the ones. Get the ones that.
5: Well, you know, these all weren't originally recruited South Carolina by Beamer, so you know. Hey, so get the. You know, get the ones that are in and. Get you, you, keep on building your culture. You don't have to
1: worry about it. Well, I can't. All right. Thank you very much. I can't believe anybody enjoys this. I mean, I don't enjoy talking about it, to be honest with you. I don't enjoy making fun of it. I can't believe coaches enjoy having to deal with it. And I don't know. I can't believe players enjoy it either because, I mean, I don't want to use the P word, but you know what I'm talking about. They're out there. They're out there with their hands out looking for money every which way you turn. Um, so ah, who knows where, where this thing is going to, going to lead and players getting misled and like Hank pointed out, uh, getting left at the altar. Okay. They get to their new place, whatever. And the money's not there. He's right. I was, you know, I mentioned, got get it in writing. I know you can't get it in writing. That'd be, you'd be investigated and busted and all that kind of stuff. But what kind of guarantees do you have? All you got's a man's word. Well, how good is a word when it comes to college sports? You have college coaches who take a guy's commitment and then five days before signing day they tell him he doesn't have an offer anymore. You know, college coaches aren't worth their words either, many of them. Many of them you can't trust. Not saying all. So who can you trust? Who do you believe anymore?
2: You know, one player out there who we're throwing around a million dollars for Jordan Birch, one player today that announced where he's transferring to, ACC all-time leading touchdown thrower Sam Hartman from Wake Forest, has committed to Notre Dame, and I can't help but go back to the comments from Mac Brown talking about his quarterback and the uh, crazy high numbers that he was reportedly being offered, potentially tampering for him, talking about Drake May, for him to leave UNC and go somewhere else. Mac Brown would not name what schools he was talking about. But I can't help but wonder if those same schools didn't reach out to Sam Hartman and makes me wonder a little bit about Notre Dame. Just, well, just saying. I'm not
1: in the position of a football coach, okay? But until you start naming names and keep your mouth shut.
2: I'm with you. Loved last year when Pitt's head coach, he, uh, he named Lincoln Riley and Southern Cal, mm-hmm. talking about his star receiver, uh, what, Adazio, however you say his name, talking about him last year who did in, end up at no, Southern Pat, Cal. Pat Narduzzi. No, 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 I'm talking about the, the wide receiver. Oh, oh! The wide receiver in was Ar- um, Arduzio or something.
1: No, 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 no. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Terrific player. ended up Ended up not playing in the bowl game for Southern Cal.
2: Jordan Addison. That's Jordan what Addison. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, and there were claims there, but but uh, Pitt's coach actually did name names. He specifically yeah. said Lincoln Riley. Kudos and to him. Cal.
1: Yeah. Kudos to him. Well, the coach at UTSA. Who did a heck of a job down there at, in Conference USA? Um, I think they've won that league a couple of times, and he's a former high school coach. I think his name is um, Jeff Trailer, T R A Y L O R, and he he sent a tweet. He added the NCAA. Is that what you is that how you call it? What you say you add somebody? He sent a tweet to the NCAA asking, "How do I deal with Power Five? A Power Five program." that is trying to uh, take two of my players who are not in the portal. And uh, is there a rule for that? How do I deal with that? And then he was interviewed by, I think it was Dennis Dodd, or somebody interviewed him, and he said, yeah. He goes, there's a school, and I know who they are. I know who the coach is, and I don't want to say the name publicly, but they have offered my players who aren't in the portal you know, money to come to their school. And he's like, he was asked, "Why don't you put the name out there?" You know, and he goes, "I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy that put the name out there." And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, well that's chicken. I mean, if you know and you want to get something done about it, you just can't are, are you afraid you're going to be blackballed by the coaches' fraternity if you do that? You're doing you'd be doing the game a favor is what you'd be doing. You'd be doing the sport a favor if more coaches would speak out and say, "Hey, this is wrong. Here are the people that are doing it." You might get a, a solution to this issue because it's a growing, growing problem. The tampering's got to be rampant. And you can play it off on the high school coach or the personal trainer, but it's got to start somewhere. And it's got to start inside the recruiting office of another school, you know. And they let somebody know who let somebody know who let somebody know. And you might say that's not tampering, but it's tampering. Okay, it is. All right, got to hit the break here on Sports Talk. We will continue with your calls in a moment. 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number. Oh, it's a great day. The PGA Tour is back. The Century Tournament of Champions out in Hawaii. Get to go home and watch primetime golf. Colin Morikawa. He's at 8-under as he plays the 18th. Mackenzie Hughes, J.J. Spawn. They are 7-under. Hughes is in at 7-under 66. Back in a moment.
0: Uh-oh.
4: Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the endurance hike program where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local Wish families through Make a Wish, South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail. From sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the low country, hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors and build South Carolina pride and community through an all-inclusive hike experience. Visit sctrailblazechallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's sctrailblazechallenge.org.
1: Clemson women are playing basketball tonight. USC women will play as well. They tip off a little bit after seven against Auburn. USC uh, and Auburn, USC number one team in the country. Clemson women, they're playing tonight against Florida State. And they've had a good start, 11-4. I think they're 2-1 in the ACC. Getting hammered. Getting hammered tonight, 44-26 at Florida State. Florida State's really good, of course, 14-2. 3-0 3-0 in conference. Clemson 11-4, 2-1 in conference. And we've got um, Coastal Carolina underway against Happy App up in Boone. Chris Bergen on the call up there. Good start for the shots. 22-15, they lead. Eight fifty one to go in the opening half. Of course, they had a chance to be 2-1 and in the Sun Belt. I'm sorry, 2-0 and in the Sun Belt. They lost a game to Georgia Southern that they were leading uh, the other day after opening up with a nice win against Louisiana, the team that's, according to Chris, probably the best team in the league this year, and Coastal got a nice win on them to open up the season in, S- in, in uh, Sunbelt Conference play. We continue with your phone calls, 888-898-2525. By the way, we appreciate the folks who are listening to us on our various streams on Facebook on YouTube, on our Twitter feed as well, and, of course, the audio stream at sportstalksc.com. Anytime you can't get us over one of our radio stations, that's how you can find us. We appreciate you going there and, um, and listening to us that way. So we continue with your calls, and next up is going to be Scott in Orlando. Hello, Scott. Welcome into Sports Talk. How are you?
6: Hey, doing well. Uh, got a couple questions for you, and then I want to hold on and listen to them. Sure. Uh, first, first one is, I mean,
4: what do you think? Is there a problem at South Carolina with all these players leaving? Is it,
1: uh, is it money? Is it culture? What's going on? That's that's thing number one. I mean, are we going to be a feeder school? Do we not have enough money? That's question number one. Question number two is that athlete, that five-star athlete in Washington D.C. Do you think he's going to come to South Carolina? And and why would he, number one? And, and what position do you think he'll play, tight end or defensive end?
2: I'll yeah.
1: uh, hang on and listen. Well, he's going to play tight end because he said that's what he wants to play. So he's definitely going to play tight end. Talking about Nicholas Harbor. And, yeah. you know, look, South Carolina's impressed him. They've recruited him hard. They've showed him the love. They've showed him everything they have to offer. He's been there several times. I think his parents like it. you got Maryland, the backyard school. Michigan has been on him hard as well. Michigan's Michigan. If, if things settle down with Jim Harbaugh, you know, they'll be tough. As long as there's rumors of Harbaugh leave, leaving for the NFL. Now, he's tried to shoot those down. Um, that could be a problem for them. Plus, there was a story today about the NCAA. And this was more than it actually is. A story about um, some minor infractions. The NCAA is going to charge michigan with tomorrow when they get their letter of intent so it looked bad the headline looked bad but then the actual story said minor infractions. so the headline was a little bit more than what the uh, meat of the story was but michigan and then you've got oregon he's going to visit oregon in january before he signs on february 1 and you know look if you're a big tracks guy which he is there's no better place for track than oregon that's the home of track. That's Steve Prefontaine and all that and the big track stadium and the Olympic trials and everything else out there, plus Nike and everything that goes into it out there. Shoot. If he's not afraid to go across the country, Oregon will be hard to beat here because track is, of course, a huge part of his decision process as well. And look, South Carolina is no different than anybody else. Losing players that leave you scratching your head. Arkansas has had 26 players to leave their program. Since the end of the season, twenty-six. Imagine that. Imagine twenty-six players opting out for either transfer or the NFL. They I and mean, for whatever reason, I don't know, but uh, they're they're jumping ship there at Archie. But South Carolina is no different than most anywhere else. They haven't been hit that hard in terms of the big numbers, but because they're a a team that's not necessarily deeply talented, when you lose a player a starter in particular, or a contributor, it does hurt because you need every player on board who can come back and and has eligibility and can play. You need every player. And if South Carolina loses a Spencer Rattler, let's say, and Wells, if those two leave, then all of a sudden, you know, a promising 2023 becomes a big question mark because now you're back to square one when it comes to your quarterback situation.
2: Phil, could part of it also be – As simple as programs that are on the rise getting better. At the end of the year, you're going to have end of year evaluations between players and coaches, and sometimes you just have hard decisions. Maybe, I'm not saying this happened, but maybe you have a coach sit down and say, Look, we appreciate everything you gave us this year, but now we've got a couple real promising recruits that played behind you. They were freshmen this year. We want to move on next year with them as the starter. And I want to go ahead and tell you now so that I can be upfront and honest with you. And now you get to make the choice. Do you want to come in and keep working hard and try to take that starting job back? Or now is the time to leave if you want to leave and go somewhere else. And sometimes just a a program on the rise. Look how many successful players this year Coach Coach Beamer was able to use from the portal. Well, now he's starting to get in his guys. Maybe he doesn't need that as much. And I just feel like right now it might just be some very hard conversations happening.
1: That's a good point. That's always the case. You sit down at the end of a year, you have player-by-player player meetings, you discuss where the player is within your program, what your expectations are, what your hopes are. And if you're honest and frank, you might say, hey, might be a good time for you to look somewhere else, you're not going to get a chance to play here. That's a very good point. Um, when you look at the players who've left South Carolina, I doubt that was the conversation with Burch or with Lloyd, because uh, it sounds like they kind of did this, like in the case of Lloyd, as Beamer pointed out, he went home for the holidays. Next thing he knows, he's he's transferring. He's in the portal. Same thing here with Burch. Uh, I don't know that they'd have that conversation with Edmund because he was a player for them. Maybe Fitton probably saw that he wasn't going to play very much. I'm trying to think of some of the others. As There's quite a few others who have uh, moved on for one reason or another. Well, he got the guys that went on to the NFL – uh, so, yeah, I think in some cases you're probably right. I don't know that it's widespread like that, though. you know.
2: Right, and and I did not mean to insinuate that. More so just, Gamecock fans, I would not think the sky is falling right now. If anything, I may take this as a good sign that you might have better players behind these guys, and that's why you're seeing these departures. Just a thought.
1: All right, that's a good thought, and we appreciate the phone call. Uh, USC's Board of Trustees has an impromptu meeting tomorrow. One thing on the agenda, approval of athletics contract. Singular, not plural. Does that mean one contract? Approval of athletics contract. Meeting starts at 4 o'clock. Yeah, they usually like to spend a lot of their money on a Friday afternoon. So that way they can get out of town ahead of the posse because they've spent your money. Um, And probably going to give a boost to the head coach, I would imagine. Time for the hour break. We will be back.
0: Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network you can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number 888-898-2525 that's 888-898-2525 now back to Phil, Chris and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network
1: We are back with you on Sports Talk. For those of you just joining us, you missed one hell of a first hour. But you can go back and hear it all. You know, every show is in podcast form for you. And uh, all you got to do is go to where we keep our podcast. You can hear it on our website, sportstalksc.com. We put a new show there every night. The show that was just aired will be on the website every night. Or you can go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And that's where you can find Our show in podcast form, plus all the elements of the show, interviews and the like, recruiting report, all that goes in podcast form as well. So when you're out taking that walk or doing that swim, or if you like to listen to something while you're playing golf, you got your little headset on, you can listen to any of that and uh, catch up on everything with us from Sports Talk. In fact, if you've missed a show or missed a series of shows, you can go back and find every one of them at those uh, locations. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also the Google the Google Spot. What's the Google Spot for podcasts? Google Podcasts? I don't know. It goes there as well. So feel free to check it out. We invite you to do so. And anytime you can't find us over the airwaves, you can find us uh, streaming on Facebook and on YouTube and on Twitter and the audio stream on our website, sportstalksc.com. Another transfer has found a home. This is former... South Carolina quarterback, and he actually identifies himself as a USC alum, Jason Brown. So Jason Brown, who started out up in Pennsylvania, an FCS program, transferred to South Carolina for a year, did some nice things for the Gamecocks, don't forget, then transferred to Virginia Tech, where I don't think it worked for him, and now he's headed to Jackson State. So keep Keep looking until you find something that that you like. What makes you happy? I guess playing time makes you happy, and maybe this will be the right spot for him. And of course, he doesn't have you know Jackson State now is probably going to lose a good bit of its luster now that Dion has moved on to uh, to Colorado. Let's face it. Of course, Dion did a great job at Jackson State. He made Jackson State kind of a a national a national name at that level, uh, though he couldn't beat the the MEAC champion in the um, Celebration Bowl, but we'll see how Jackson State can maintain that. And they've lost a lot of players now, many of whom have moved on to Colorado with their former coach. A few other notes to pass along, and then we'll get back to your phone calls. 888 898 is the number. Coastal Carolina announced its football uh, schedule for the upcoming season. As Chris had mentioned here uh, previously, they're going to open the season – at UCLA next to September in the Rose Bowl. How cool is that to get to play in the Rose Bowl? That'll be a lot of fun. I know Chris will enjoy that trip. So they've actually announced the opponents, not necessarily all the dates. Uh, So here is what it looks like. The uh, home game, six home games, non-conference contest against uh, Jacksonville State, coached by Rich Rod. How about that? Rich Rodriguez, that'll be cool. Uh, Duquesne, well, they actually have dates on those two. Jacksonville State, September 9th. Duquesne, September 16th. And then Sunbelt Games against Marshall, James Madison, Georgia State, and Texas State at home. And the road games, UCLA, September 2nd. Army, November 18th. Now, if you're Coastal Carolina, you can't do much better than that for road trips outside your league, to go to UCLA and the Army to play in the Rose Bowl. And let's see, Army, that is – is that Mickens Stadium? I want to say Mickens. Meachie Stadium. Meachie Stadium. They, they say that is that one right. of the most beautiful places in the country, especially in November. That is, they, they say it's one of the most beautiful places in the country to watch a football game, especially in the fall. And then their non-conference road games will be Appalachian State, Old Dominion, Georgia Southern, and Arkansas State. So that's pretty cool.
2: And, Phil, that opening game at UCLA, not only is it just cool because it's at the Rose Bowl, all the history there, I think we're both a little jealous Chris will be out there for that. But also you're talking about what will potentially be a top ten UCLA team coming in next year. Chip Kelly has really got them moving in the right direction now, and so that will be a heck of an opening opponent, bringing in a new coaching staff and all.
1: Tough way for Tim Beck to open things up, but he will have one of the nation's best quarterbacks at his disposal who will have one of his top receivers back, so that's a start. Uh, Pete Thamel reporting. Today, Tennessee's promoting Joey Hasley or Hazel to become the new offensive coordinator. He was a quarterback coach and has worked with Hypel for 15 years. Of course, he lost his OC to become the head coach at uh, USF, I think it was. Or was it UAB? I think it was USF. USC pitcher Will Sanders named the perfect game preseason All-American second team, 7-3, 3.43 last year. Gino Ariama, who has been out for health reasons at UConn, remains out. He announced today he's still not healthy enough to return, and he is focusing on getting his strength back. He said he thought he was ready to return, but he needs more time. Going to take a step back to focus on his health. He's missed three games this season while feeling unwell. His replacement, Chris Daly, and uh, she is 16-0 and 0 when coaching for Ariyama, and they are 12-2 and 2 on the season to this point. Pete Yannity from Channel 7, better known around here as Pete Yannitator. Should I not call him that? Pete Yannitator. Is that insulting?
2: I don't know. I'll we'll have to ask him. I think well, he might like it. That's a pretty good nickname. Well, you know where it
1: comes from, right?
2: I don't, actually. I'd love to know.
1: Oh, well, Yanatator. Sure. And you know Gamecock fans, they call Clemson fans Taters.
2: Ah, the annotator. And so he was the Got voice you. of the Tigers.
1: Thus, he is Yanatator. That's just my little picking at Pete. He's not really a Clemson homer
2: anymore. That's a fun little nickname,
1: though. I like it. I like it. I think it fits. I pride myself on handing out nicknames. Uh, anyway, he reported this afternoon that Westside has hired Brian Lane as their new head coach, replacing Scott Early, who, of course, stepped down to take over as the executive director of the South Carolina Athletic Coaches Association. Lane is a former Burns quarterback. He's also been the head coach at South Florence, Woodruff, Burns, and Clover, and he's done well pretty much everywhere he's been. Also heard Bobby Bentley's name kind of thrown there in the mix there at Westside for a while. I wonder if Bobby Bentley, now that you know, it's not at USF anymore, um don't know if he wants to get back into high school coaching here in South Carolina. That would be kind of interesting. And uh, our poll question of the week is still live. You got a day to vote if you haven't already. Clemson, is it still elite? Do you still consider the Tigers an elite program? 1,420 votes, 67.7% say no. 32.3% say yes. Well, the Tigers will... Um, They'll have their work cut out for them next year, or this year, next season, because I think some of the teams around them are getting better, You know, Florida State in particular. Looks like Brennan Armstrong, according to reports, is most likely going to transfer to NC State from Virginia. So that gives NC State a quality quarterback to replace a quality quarterback who transferred to Kentucky. It's crazy. Crazy. Wake Forest has lost Sam Hartman to Notre Dame, so they'll have to come up with another quarterback. But I think Clemson has to most be concerned about Florida State in their own. Well, there is no division. I gotta get used to that. So they gotta get. Yeah, that's right. There is no division. So Florida State. I think North Carolina, if they if they get fix their defense now. Phil Longo has left North Carolina, the offensive coordinator, to go to. Where's he going? Michigan? No, Wisconsin. He's going to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yep, that's right. Wisconsin. Yeah, he's going to Wisconsin. So they lost their OC. But yeah, they got a great quarterback to start with and, and other good parts, but their defense has been atrocious. Can they fix their defense, make them more competitive from a defensive standpoint? Uh, Duke. Is Duke going to follow up and be another eight, nine win team next year? Miami. You got to be worried about Miami with the talent they are accruing through so many different uh, avenues. Um, Who else? Uh, Virginia. Sean uh, is uh, Tony Elliott going to um, get it going there? Probably not. Uh, Virginia Tech doesn't look real promising right now.
2: I'm gonna throw Louisville in the mix. Corn. I really like their coach Jeff Brome coming over from Purdue, and not only him, but also he's bringing his former co- quarterback Jack Plummer, mm-hmm. son of longtime NFL quarterback Jake Plummer. They they were together three years in Purdue before. Uh, Plumber transferred elsewhere. Turns mm-hmm. out the grass was not greener. So now the two of them are going to meet up in Louisville, and they had, they had quite the offensive connection together in Purdue. Just mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Update from the USC women: nineteen to seven, USC over Auburn. Late in the first quarter, looks like Boston's come to play tonight. She's got seven and four, and Saxton has six for the Gamecocks, who are obviously off to a pretty good start shooting the basketball. Uh, 60%, 9 of 15. They've clamped down on Auburn. Auburn is 3 of 16 from the floor. Uh, By my calculus, that comes out to 19%. Actually, I'm reading that off the stat sheet. I couldn't figure that out that quickly. You probably could, Pat. You have a mind for numbers. I don't. Back to the phones, 888-898-2525. Let's go to John in Lexington. Next with us here on the program. Hello, John. How are you? Good to have you with us.
6: Good evening Phil. I'm going to switch gears with on you a little bit. So, I'm a rare Clemson fan who cares more about the uh outcomes of the men's basketball team than I do football. So, I'm I'm calling you to ask can you, are you buying this team yet? Man,
1: you're a Clemson fan that pref- prefers the ba- Did you get hit in the head as a child or something? What happened?
6: No, I spent my 4 years there as a manager with the team.
1: Oh gotcha do i think they're for real i tell yeah. you they've looked good i'm trying not to be that guy that jumps on the bandwagon here all of a sudden but here's what's happened all of a sudden football's over so we start paying attention to basketball more and you look up and here's clemson at four and oh and look they've deserved all those wins they they're playing the brad brownell style of defense they're shooting the lights out especially from three pj hall is uh Terrific player, and he's healthy now and able to give them uh, everything that he's got to give. Hunter Tyson is playing like an all-ACC first-teamer. He had another big night. He's had seven double-doubles this season. Chase Hunter is giving them terrific play from the point guard spot. What you've got right now is an accumulation of players all playing at their best at the same time. That's how you have this kind of a start. Everybody's playing well, playing together, and playing pretty much at their best.
6: Well, you know, because we have got two—I would say—inexplicable losses.
1: Well, the, the loss to South Carolina how, came, you know, and the
6: loss to Loyola in Atlanta, and they're—they're they're, they have a losing record. Yeah. So you know, I'm like, okay, am I buying into this starting the conference? I, I get too emotionally involved with this team, so I'm just, i am just just—I—I—I've stepped back. Last few years and say, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna get all hyped up when we win a couple of games. I want to see. I want to see this. Is this for real? Because as much as I love defense, Brad Brownell's offense is just gonna put you to sleep Mm -hmm. most of the time. Yeah, and I'm not. I don't need to be scoring 80 points. But when a lot of times we're Taking that shot clock down, and we still have, we've just all we've done is throw it around the perimeter for twenty eight seconds, and all of a sudden it's seven seconds left. Oh, we got to get a throw. We got to throw up a three, and it's been brick city.
7: Yeah, but other, they're shooting it.
6: for this
1: year, they're shooting it a heck of a lot better from three, and the addition of Galloway, the transfer from Boston College, that certainly helps from the three point shooting uh, standpoint. He's a terrific three point shooter. And I think that uh, when they get Hemingway back, you know, that's his strength. Tyson's an excellent three-point shooter for a, a guy his size. Uh, Chase Hunter's improved his shooting. They're getting good play right now from R.J. Godfrey, who's played a good bit for them as a true freshman. So, um, yeah, I, I think they've got uh, the makings of a really of a really good club here. They stay healthy, keep it together, uh, uh, follow – the, the coaches' principles, which the best Brownell teams won first on defense. They were physical and they could they could shut you down and they could take away something from you. And they did that last night with Virginia Tech. They took away, well, to some degree, the three-point shot in the second half because VT only made nine shots in the second half. I think four of those were three-pointers, but still they limited their, their shooting percentage to 27%. Well,
6: I know we got another road game before we come back
1: home, so I think I, I think I heard you say the other last night was Duke. No, they go to Pitt. They got Pitt. Oh, go Saturday, Pitt. Okay. and then, then got Duke, Duke at home. Uh, we got Duke at home next Saturday. You got a game at home Louisville, midweek, Louisville. Between, Louisville. Saturday, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, So you got a you got a nine o'clock Wednesday game against Louisville, and then a afternoon game next Saturday against Duke. So. The Pitt game will be big. Pitt's very good this year. They've turned it around. Um, They're a surprise, just like Clemson is, sitting atop the uh, ACC at this point. So that should be a good game. But I think it's one, certainly if Clemson plays the way they've been playing, they'll be in it and we will have a chance to win.
2: And Phil. in
1: Miami, by the way, Miami went down last night. Miami lost for the first time. Last night to um, Georgia, Tech. Georgia Tech. So who you know? Here's a four and Miami losing to an O and three Georgia Tech in the league. So you never know. You never know. That's why you got to bring it every night. So right now, Clemson and Pitt stand alone atop the league at four and
6: Well, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. But uh, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. But I'm not going to get too. I'm not going to get too involved yet. It's been, I've been let down way too many times.
1: Yep. Well, listen, give them halfway through the season, see where they stand at the 10-game mark, and then you can um, decide how you want to play it out the second half of the season. Yep. Thanks, Phil. Thank you, sir. We appreciate your phone call. Sorry, Pat.
2: No, no, don't be sorry. It's okay. I was just going to add, after Pittsburgh will be a tough matchup on the road, they're 11-4. and Louisville looks like a very winnable game. They've been struggling this year. Duke. You have them at home, but it's still Duke. Hmm. But, but they got that, drilled last night they by sure did. State. They did. And then the next three games after that, though, are teams you've already beaten. Wake, Virginia Tech, and Georgia Tech. And you've already beaten all three of those in the early slate. The Tigers could easily be 8-2 and two and sitting near the top going into those that road trip at Florida State and Boston College. If you're a Tiger fan out there, I don't think you could have dreamed of a better start.
1: Yeah, nothing to fear there from Florida State and Boston College, even though it's on the road. Um... They haven't been great this year. But again, just like we said, Georgia Tech off to an 0-3 start beats a 4-0 Miami last night. So you got to bring it every night. Okay, let's go to the break, and we'll continue with your calls. also comments from Brownell and from Paris and the recruiting report coming up. We tell you in the second quarter, it's the USC women leading Auburn 26-9. Gamecocks are shooting 65%. And Boston's got seven and four. She's on the bench now. And Saxton's got six. Cardoza has four. Beal has five for the Gamecocks who are kicking the Tigers of Auburn. Back in a moment.
3: we
0: life. It has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit playresponsiblysc.com.
1: Right, update some other basketball. The Clemson women playing down in Tallahassee. It's not going well. 61-47 Seminoles. That's late in the third quarter. Meantime, up at Boone, Coastal Carolina and Appalachian State. They are at the half. Coastal had the lead. They don't have it any longer. They are down 29-28 as they are at halftime. But it's still a tight ball game. And for uh, Coastal Carolina, just taking a look at their scoring at this point. They are being led by Abraham, who's got eight, and Nichols, who's got five at this point. As we go back to your phone calls, we welcome in Tiger Bryan. Is it Tiger Bryan once again? Tiger Bryan, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you, sir? I'm doing great,
8: guys. I'm, hey, I'm going not be politically correct. All right. All right okay. be, uh, yeah. yeah, Y'all guys, I don't know where – did y'all draw hats where you pull this uh, – uh, question out, uh, were y'all, uh, about Clemson being a lead, or whatever. I mean, how y'all come up with that? I mean,
1: I, that? I usually on a Sunday night I open up a a bottle of uh, whiskey. I take about two or three shots, and then I come up with the question. Okay. All right. And it's good whiskey. What? It's right off. It's it's bourbon right out of uh, you know right there on the bourbon trail between Lexington and Louisville. Freshly distilled.
8: <laughs> you crazy? <laughs> all right, but listen, uh, you know I'd rather Dabo do what he does, get the royal bus back out, because hey, I right, we've been winning all these years with hardly no transfers. I right, got these other teams, South Carolina, and these other teams, uh, Tennessee. I mean, I'm just, I mean, all of them, the transfer of Porter John, as you call it, which I believe the same way, brother. Mm. I. Right, I'd rather wait on my my players develop and hey,
1: I mean, I mean. All right, let me I put do. it to you this way, though. Let me put it to you this way. This is a way you you'll understand it, Tiger Brian. You're a NASCAR fan, right? Yep. Okay. So you're a NASCAR fan, and all these years in NASCAR, going back, let's say a few years, all these years, you ran on um, you use Goodyear Eagles or Goodyear tires, and they were uh, what would you call them your your regular tires or double ply whatever they were called back then then all of a sudden they passed a rule that says you could run on uh, radial tires and that of course increased the speed but you being stuck in your ways and liking what you were had been doing stuck stay with your old tires and the the analogy I'm trying to create here I know it sounds kind of stupid but everybody else is going faster but you're sticking with your old tires everybody else is on radials and you're on the others and they're all passing you and so my point is this is available to everybody and yep. you can't blame anybody for doing it it's all it's all legal it's all the way the game is being handled today being played today and my point is is you know is clemson going to get left behind because they didn't change with the times now South Carolina, Florida State, you name them, Alabama, Georgia, almost everybody is participating openly in taking transfers to help their roster, to get better players. And you know, Clemson hasn't done so yet. Now my question was, way back, is it going to catch up with Clemson eventually?
8: Yes, it will, but you know, but thats that's where like you said before. The transform polar giant in the LIL has run college football, has it not?
1: Well, I'm not going to say it's ruined it yet because look at the TV ratings from the playoffs, you know, record-setting ratings. People are still watching. People are still buying the tickets. People are still putting their money into now into the collectives. They're participating. Is it going to ruin eventually? I don't see how it's sustainable. Myself. You know, I don't see how it's sustainable over the long term. Right now, it hasn't, I don't think, ruined it. It's made it different. It's changed a lot of, um, you know, everything about the way the players are handled. I don't see how it is sustainable, however. And uh, But I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what it's going to look like five years from now. I don't yeah, know what I, I don't laws know, are going to be passed, or what rules, or what form the NCAA, if there is an NCAA, whatever organization is overseeing college football. I don't know what that's going to be and what form it's going to take.
8: I just want to say one thing. Hey, I, I, I'm glad the guy from the Buffalo Bills he's doing better. I read today. Yeah, I paid for him every night. You know, hey, does I mean hey kids, hey, the kids grow up playing football in life, and they just start to have a good career, and then, bam, happens to them. You
1: know, well, it's sad. Right. We love to watch them play.
8: You Thank know what
1: I mean, you. Guys? Yep, yep. But let's remember one thing. Let's wait for the full cardiological report. Did the hit cause it, or was there something that we don't know about in his health? Let's uh, catch you back up on some things here on Sports Talk. 38-15, USC women leading Auburn, 4.43 to play in the opening half, and balanced scoring for the Gamecocks. Everybody has scored who has gone in except for two players, so it's balanced. Boston's got seven still in ten minutes, and Saxton's got 6 cardosa Cardoso's got six. That's the top for the Gamecocks. 64% shooting their 14 of 22, 2 of 5 from 3, 8 of 8 from the line. They have forced four turnovers. They've turned into seven points, winning on the boards 19 to 11. So Gamecocks are on their way to another big win, 40 to 15 over Auburn. And let's see, checking on that uh, Coastal Carolina-Appalachian State game up at Boone, 44-40. Appalachian now leading Coastal Carolina, 14-34 to go in the half. Ohio State is leading Purdue in the Big Ten, 26-14 first half. And uh, that's it, some of the basketball that's going on. You want to mention, you got that story on Michigan football real quick? Do you have that in front of you?
2: Uh, Yeah, sure. So let's see here.
1: It it seems to be much to do about nothing. You know, I'm, I'm scanning through Twitter this afternoon, and one of the national reporters puts out a tweet about, Michigan gonna receive notice of allegations from the NCAA and you go oh there you go oh my here we go and then what what was it
2: the Michigan football program has been under NCAA investigation they expect to receive a notice of allegations by Friday so yes they the headline there is they try to scare you lure you in but then it says source says it's relatively minor infractions but investigation also centers on the program's response so this is where it could get a little a little dicey potentially one of the allegations includes an analyst coaching the players on the field when they're not supposed to do that, and another involves text messages that would violate NCAA rules. But one thing that's sticking out to me here, so the NCAA has a new strict liability language that went into effect January 1st. What this does is it, it holds head coaches responsible for violations within their program regardless of their knowledge, involvement, monitoring of staff or promoting an atmosphere of compliance that's different from in the past where coaches could basically just pretend or claim that they had no involvement this assistant acted on their own blah 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 but what takes another step here is all the rumors including locally with the panthers david tepper admitted he reached out and spoke with uh, with jim harbaugh over the phone about potentially coming to the panthers to coach if harbaugh is no longer coaching in college. He would not be subject to any potential sanctions. If he is still the coach at Michigan, he could face penalties. But back to your point, this sounds like a whole lot of kind of minor infractions.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well,
2: there you go with that. But, I mean, why
1: is the NCAA concerned about text messages now? And why are they concerned about analysts coaching on the practice field? And who monitors that? You know, who turned them in? Who knew that an analyst was uh, working with – a player. You know, where where does that come from?
2: So it, I left that part out. Sorry. The, the sources who have knowledge of the investigation have confirmed that these were self-reported violations, specifically mm. the two, the one about the text messages and the one involving an analyst coaching players on the field. But even there, if you're a coach, I mean, you talk about we hear all the time keeping stuff in the locker room, keep it in the building. Do you have a traitor in your midst that's turning you in, or is this as simple as like a compliance officer, that that's their job is to do that? Or how did that word get from Michigan to the NCAA?
1: You know, it's a crazy, crazy world we live in when a college can pay players millions of dollars, and they're still worried about an analyst working with a guy on the field, or they're worried about, what, the number of text messages that you're doing or when you text message? I mean, come on. It's just, it's ludicrous. That's why it's a system that's bound to fail. You know, sooner or later, it's bound to fail. And we're seeing it. You we're know, in the cracks, the cracks in the uh, organization and the, 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 the Supreme Court, of course, uh, lowering the, the heavy shot to them a couple of years ago, kind of forcing everything into the, um, uh, into the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, c- just creating, if you want to call it a mess, creating the chaos, I guess chaos is a good word, creating the chaos that we have now in, um, in college football in particular. So anyway, uh, last night Clemson got a very nice road win against Virginia Tech up at Castle Coliseum. Place is hard to win, especially when Mike Young, Virginia Tech, when they're playing well, when they've got a good team. They were good at home going into this game, but Clemson took care of its business. Brad Brownell, Tigers head coach, talked to the media a few minutes after the game via Zoom.
9: Just really proud of the way our kids competed defensively. I thought we uh, thought we were very physical. Uh, both teams were were very good defensively and very physical in the game. Um, you know, offensively, I thought we were. Didn't play as well in the first half. Obviously, Chase being in foul trouble probably hurt us in terms of some rhythm. Um, Tech does a really good job of guarding. They're hard to beat and play against. Uh, They're just so fundamentally sound on both ends. Um, But just love the way our guys kept playing. Uh, Hunter Tyson bounced back after a tough shooting first half to shoot great in the second half. You know, Chase came off the bench in the second half and played very well, and that's not easy to do. You know, I really – was going to play him some and wanted to play him a little bit more in the end of the first half my staff kind of talked me out of it because we had to leave for a while uh, but when you sit that long it's it's not easy to play well and he did and uh, pj was opportunistic with some big baskets and then i just thought our defense held up you know and and we did a much better job didn't turn it over offensively we were just not very good in the first half and and played much better and got a very good hard win so
1: what do you feel like you did defensively to make a tough shooting guy for 10? Just
9: Well, the first thing is, it helps that Hunter Couture is not playing. I mean, he's he's an outstanding player and stretches the defense that way. And so it becomes a big body game. Um, you know, and Mutz is terrific. I mean, he can play all different kinds of ways. And, you know, he's playing point guard against Wake Forest some. And, uh, you know, Basile can shoot the heck out of the ball and post it, you know, you know, we obviously recruited Lynn kidd. we think Lynn's a really good player. Um, it's just physical. there's not as much space there's big bodies on top of you. Um, you got to play really good one-on-one interior defense. Um, I thought we did that. Um, you know I'm anxious to watch the film in terms of defensive rebounding. we gave up a few of those that I'm disappointed in but our first you know initial defense was good. Uh, I thought we were set we we're in position. You know, Maddox made some really good plays in the first half, uh, but those aren't easy shots. I mean, he's making tough shots. Um, and I just felt like we we did a good job of guarding and being in position and contesting and, uh, and as much as we could. Brad, the spark, the, the, the Godfrey gave you owned the bench. Yeah. game. He did many threes. No, he's, I'm sure they were, you know, shocked. And, and uh, he's not a great three-point shooter, but he can make one, you know, and obviously made two. So, you know, sometimes you need that in a game like this. And obviously he's wide open. Um, and, you know, he's he's progressively been getting better. Like I actually started him against NC State, and he had 3 fouls in five minutes. Uh, he fouled 53 minutes and got put right back to the bench. Um so he's coming for us. We love his physicality, his athleticism. You know, he actually can make some plays off the dribble. He can hook one in. He hooked one in tonight. Um, and if he starts to make a shot like that, he becomes a very dangerous player. Um, and so that's something we have worked really hard with him on. Uh, but that, you know, you need you need that, right? In a game like this, on the road, you need somebody to come off the bench and play well. And those were big plays that that ultimately, you know, helped us win the game.
0: Uh, back in the Penn State game, very similar uh, situation at the end of regulation. You were up three, and and they hit the three with five seconds left to send it to overtime. Um, but you're you're always going to rely on on your defense uh, playing defense in those situations rather than fouling, aren't you? No, not always. I I, I, I kind
9: of take it as it comes. We talked about fouling. We fi- We have fouled before. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. Um, we, you know, we didn't end up doing it this time, and Chase did a good job of of contesting and pushing it out pretty deep. Did you did you think on that one, Brad? On the we did. With, oh, yeah. did. Did, did, did yeah. you think he was anticipating a foul? I don't know. And that maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. You know, and my God, folks, the basketball guys needed to give us one after what happened to us last year in the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think the basketball guys even that one out. Right <laughs>
0: Coach, the the Hokies went on a nine nothing run there. Um and then yeah. Godfrey fouls out, forcing you to bring PJ in with, with four fouls with, with a little under six minutes left. He hits the the big turnaround jumper with four minutes left to put you up one. Um but but how I guess how much uh, trust do you have in him uh in his maturity to, to be able to play down the stretch with four fouls? Yeah, I mean
9: yeah, at six minutes to go, you gotta you gotta try to go, right? I mean there's not a lot of time left he's got to make some plays for us to win. I mean, that, you know, he's a outstanding player and, and yeah, he could foul out, but at the same time, it's, you know, you got to play him with that much time. You got to let him go and see what happens. And obviously if he's out there, we're trying to get him the ball when we can. I think we got it to him a couple of times, you know, I was mad at him on the three he took late. He should he could have rolled to the basket. I think and got one going to the rim, but um, the shot he made was a big time shot. And uh, he had another one in the middle of the lane that he missed. That's basketball. Um, you know, we, we got we to make sure we play with him and through him when he's, when he's out there in situations like that.
1: All right, some comments. Brad Brownell following last night's win at Virginia Tech. That was a big-time shot by P.J. Hall. That turnaround jumper was, was big for them at that time. And, yeah, the decision to whether to foul or not foul up three on the last possession. You know, Lamont Paris, he fouls every time. He says there's no question. He fouls every time. That's his philosophy. And Brownell's more of a, you know, case-by-case situation. So last night they did not foul, and it did not come back to, uh, to bite them. All right, we'll come back and give you the recruiting report. Then some comments from USC basketball coach Lamont Paris, who did meet with the media today. After practice, at halftime, USC women up 52-20 to 20 on Auburn, 67%. That's 20 of 30 from the floor for the Gamecocks, 9 of 10 from the line. What more can you ask for? I wonder what kind of adjustments Don Staley's making at halftime. I'd say none at all. We'll be back after the break. <laughs>
3: Major Downer here from the South Carolina Department
0: of Natural Resources. Boating season is just around the corner. To make sure that your boat is ready, check your registration sticker and ensure it's current. Find your registration card, make sure your life jackets are in good shape, and check your fire extinguisher as well. For more information on boating or boat titling questions, visit dnr.sc.gov backslash boating.
1: Recruiting report here on Sports Talk brought to you by Seawells. Bad news. Bad news. No Seawells Daily Luncheon Buffet tomorrow. They got a private party that we were not invited to again. So they will not be open tomorrow for the Daily Luncheon Buffet. Back with it on Monday. And if you're going to have that party, that big old party that needs the best in the catering business, is obviously somebody does because they've employed Seawells to have that party for them. Then you want to call Seawells at 803 771 7385 or look him up online at SeawellsCateringSC.com. Just a few notes for you tonight. Woodland offensive tackle Cam Pringle cut his list from 10 to 6, making the shorter list were USC, Clemson, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, and NC State. 2024 offensive tackle Caleb Brewer, 66290, of is it? I mean, it looks like Wyoming missing Pennsylvania. You ever heard of that before? Wyoming missing, like Wyoming, and Issing. Wyoming missing Pennsylvania. Offered by the Gamecocks. USC was one of many P5 programs to offer Michigan transfer receiver Andrell Anthony Jr. once he hit the portal. John, six two one ninety. He's actually from Lansing, Michigan, which of course is right up there at east lansing where michigan state is in two seasons he caught 19 passes 328 yards and four touchdowns and as i mentioned got a bunch of offers that have already started rolling in for him since he put his name into the transfer portal john uh, as a matter of fact i'll uh catch you up on who some of those other uh, contenders are for him at this point we don't know where it's going to lead but Obviously, uh, Michigan State, the hometown team, uh, they offered today. Arizona offered. Auburn offered. UCLA offered. Notre Dame offered. Purdue offered. West Virginia. Texas A&M. Penn State. California. Should I continue? Uh, Pittsburgh. Miami. Oklahoma. And he just announced yesterday that he was going into the portal, John. So, obviously, people think he's a good player and they're going after him big time. Can South Carolina be a player for him? He wears number one there at Michigan. That's a pretty special number there at Michigan, I think. Didn't somebody wear number one who was like really, really good there back in the day? Also, mentioned earlier, Gamecock defensive end Jordan Burch, he's transferring. And in basketball, 6'5", Austin Swartz, who has a Clemson offer, was offered by NC State. He was there last night to watch NC State take down Puke. All right, there you go with the recruiting report tonight brought to you by Seawells. Here is USC men's basketball coach Lamont Paris. He held practice today over the Carolina Coliseum. Then afterwards, in gaggle form, he got together with some members of the media to talk about that tough overtime loss at Vanderbilt and the game coming up Saturday against Tennessee
7: We did a lot of good things at Vanderbilt, Um, just a road conference game uh, against a team that's hungry and wants to get it started off the right way, so we definitely got their best effort Uh, We did a lot of good things on both sides of the ball honestly, but uh, I thought particularly offensively we generated some really good opportunities for ourselves Um, We capitalized on a lot of them, we left some out there that we didn't Um, Honestly, it came down to there were some some very controllable defensive things that it surprised me that we could we didn't do consistently. A couple, of, just a couple of decisions, but uh, a game we put ourselves in a great position to win coming down the stretch, and uh, just weren't able to make enough plays. What have you seen from Tennessee and
3: oh, the, the yeah, challenge they present? a yeah,
7: good team. Uh, they're well coached. They're very tough and competitive. Uh, they don't make. A lot of they don't have a lot of self-inflicted wounds, so you're going to have to do some stuff. You're going to have to create some things. You're going to have to take care of the ball. They force a lot of turnovers. A lot of it's with their physicality. Um, they can pressure the ball from a variety of different guys uh, in a variety of different ways. They can use length to pressure the ball. They can use quickness to pressure the ball. Um, they have good size on the inside, so they're they're a pretty complete team. Um, and so you just have to, again, stick to principles and, and compete at a super high level. I think if you don't do that, you might as well not show up on that day and then uh, get ready to play well.
2: You mentioned controllable defensive things.
7: Kind of what are some of those things you saw in the Vanderbilt game that needed to be cleaned up before Saturday? Yeah, like, like you know, I'm guarding someone and there's a screen off the ball and I have a decision to go under that screen or to go over that screen and based on personnel we do it differently you know um, on a different guy versus another guy and so once you see it and recognize that the screen's coming you got to make the decision to go to go over if that's what we're doing on that particular guy and so amazingly enough 92 times out of 100 is not enough times to do it it's a decision it's only a decision. It might be the longer route. It might be, uh, there might be some physical contact involved with it. But for whatever reason, we decided too many times to do something uh, opposite of what we had practiced.
9: You're kind of coming into this month-long stretch where it's kind of an all-ball all the time. Where do you feel like your team's improved over the last month and where are some things you'd like to see improve as you go forward?
7: Um, I I think offensively it's probably been our biggest uh, uh, improvement. I think just in terms of the... The quality of shot that we're generating and the kind of movement that we're getting on offense, I think that I think we've made uh, drastic improvements in that. Um, so that's been good to see. Um, and then uh, again, I think the biggest thing for us is just our ability to commit to doing the same thing over and over and over. Um, as it's been prescribed by me as, as one of the things that helps us win this particular game or a lot of games in general. So we have a hard time doing that. The monotony gets to us. And, um, you know, maybe some of that's generational. I think there's a small piece of that. But uh, I think it's also maybe not having been asked to do that again. And, and, and again, 90% success rate on some of these things is not good enough because you can do it 100 out of 100.
1: Does that go back to kind of learning how to win? Like Vanderbilt, you guys had a lead late, couldn't hold on to it, and uh, and then overtime happened. Uh, but is that kind of a learning process with a new coaching staff? These guys are going through.
7: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's learning what's the most important in winning. I do, I do. You know, we've also had some close games that we won. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's when you get the ball, we were up eight at one point early in the game and just knowing how to grind and continue to put pressure on versus it's like, you know, ah, we're up eight, I can take this shot. And if it goes in, we're up 11. And if it doesn't add, ah, we're still up eight. And, there, and there's still 30 minutes worth of play out here. So what, what's the worst that can happen? That mentality versus do it again. And again, we generated a good shot. We're gonna, I believe that we're gonna get a good shot if I move the ball. It's gonna get back to me if I move the ball. And having belief in that and, and committing to doing to doing things over and over again.
3: I mentioned the growth offensively
9: from an efficiency standpoint. What does this offense have to do to maybe continue to be a little bit more efficient? What have you liked from
7: yeah, I mean, I think some of it just performance at that point. I, I think I look at that game. I looked at the Vanderbilt game again today, and as I look, particularly open the second half, the quality of the shot you can't get. You can't get five better opportunities in a row. You can't do it, um, and we didn't perform. So I think a lot of it comes down to that. A lot of it does. You know, we ran a play for Hayden, and uh, it was a duck in play. They go around late. He gets a layup and misses it. Right. There were um, there were plenty of those that we left on the board. Um, so I think some of it's performance, some of it's performance. I think the first step is generating quality shots by way of running a play or good offense. I think good offense is always a better way to do it. Um, but then once you get yourself in a good situation, you have to perform by, by, in terms of putting the ball in the basket.
1: All right, Lamont Parish, USC men's basketball coach. Be back in action on Saturday afternoon against the 8th-ranked Tennessee Vols, and they hit the road to go to Kentucky. All right, uh, USC women up 52-20 at the break. Coastal Carolina down 5, 56-51, 5.54 to play in that ball game up at Appalachian States. And we update the golf up in uh, out in Hawaii Colin Morikawa, a nine under sixty four, setting the pace. JJ Spawn playing the eighteenth, he's nine under par. We got two in at seven under sixty six. Mackenzie Hughes and Tom Hoagie at six under. Scott Stallings and Tony Finau, Hideki Matsuyama, Sahith Thigala, and uh, as far as uh, some of the locals that we keep an eye on, let's see. Um, well, John Rom, he's at six. He's not local, but he's at six. Uh, Jordan Spieth, he's not local, but he's at four, and uh, we don't have any locals. We don't have any players from the state in this one. Justin Thomas uh, is one under at the turn. I want to mention this story. It's not sports, but I just want to mention it. The oldest living American or the oldest living person in America died on Tuesday at the age of 115. Bessie Hendricks, living in Lake City, Iowa. She was born November 7th, 1907, was married June 27th, 1930, and uh, she leaves behind, let's see here, she leaves behind, where's it at here, she leaves behind, I think it was 42 great-grandchildren, yeah, three children, nine grandchildren, 28 great-grandchildren, and 42 great-great-grandchildren. Life well lived to get to 115. Will Sports Talk, will we make it to 115? Plan to. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow.